the Cone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howe. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast featuring awesome people in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or find us on Facebook by searching for Gone Boss. We're brought to you today by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at schaeferleadership.com. What do they have coming up? An in-person lunch and learn. I love those in-person lunch I know. Because you get lunch. Yes. And you get to see people you know or might not know. Yeah. And you get to eat around them. True. Indeed. This is going to be on Tuesday, May 9th from 1130 to 1. What's it called? It is called Chat That Clip. Object Lessons on Leadership. Chat That Clip clip yes now that sounds strange now tell me about this well in this sessions participants will engage in small group discussions on ideas themes and issues related to leadership dr anderson has a series of short video media clips sampled from some of his favorite movie dramas which combined with guided prompts serve as discussion starters for participants to think and discuss key themes ideas and issues related to leadership and leadership development let me go down a rabbit hole with you okay. so uh just this morning audie and i went to all pro dads where they always show a clip that has to do with their theme right. for the month and today's was honesty so we watched a little video clip all about honesty. All about so honesty. So I get this concept. So, it's yes. going to be pretty cool. When is it again? It is Tuesday, May 9th from 1130 to 1. And who's putting it on? It is Dr. John Anderson. He is an educator, mentor, and thought leader with over 27 years of experience. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. Today in the studio, we have Rebecca Hanna with Remax. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. No problem. Thanks for coming by. So tell me a little bit about yourself. I am a realtor at Remax. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have a side kind of hustle where my husband and I redo homes and have some Airbnbs. Okay, cool. Um, I'm originally from Philadelphia area. Oh, all right. And um, my husband and I went to Taylor, and so he got a job here. And so this is where we live. Okay, cool. So you came from Philadelphia yeah. to go to Taylor. Yes. Okay, all right. And then yeah. then you stuck around. This is where we are. Yeah. Okay, excellent. I like that. I'm glad. I love it when people come and then they stay because yeah. they find it, they're, they're, they find something worth yes. staying for. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me about your family. We, well, my husband's name is Lucas. Um, we have been married for 22 years. Okay. We met in high school. So that, We've been together a long time. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Um, and we have two kids, Sam and Sadie. They're 16 and 17. Oh, wow. Um, so they're sophomore and junior at Muncie Central. And we have different stages in life. We've had all different kinds of pets. But right now, yeah. <laughs> we have two dogs, Okay, Buddy and Ranger. Oh, okay. What kind of dogs are they? Um, Buddy is a mix. We actually, he's getting older. Like, I think he's like 13 or 14. And we found him. At McCullough Park back, I don't know, I don't know how long I guess you guys have been here, but there was a time period where like the animal shelter was kind of not 
doing anything but euthanizing dogs. Oh, like okay. it was like in 2008 or something, oh, yeah. like a really a long time ago. ago. Yeah. And so I had my kids at the park and the kids from the Bully Center were playing with this little puppy and they had found him in the bathroom stall. Aww. And I was like, we can't just have him. Because they didn't, like the animal control wasn't funded or something. Like I'm not really right. sure what's going on, but it was weird. So I was like, well, we can't have that. And so we took him home. And so he's a mix. He barks. He used to bark so much. And my husband's <laughs> like, this is why someone locked him in the <laughs> But he, he's calmed down a little. He's a really, really good dog. He's super sweet. And then our other dog is an Australian doodle, but he's like half Australian doodle and half golden doodle. Okay. So he's not really like an Australian and a doodle or a poodle. So, um, and he's really, both of our dogs are really cute, but he's like really like a person. Mm -hmm. Some of those dogs, you know, those that like, like talk to you. Those and, doodles yeah. and their eyes look like yeah, people and they, eyes. Yeah, he like tilts his head when he talks to you, when you talk to him. And I'll say like, go get your dad. And he runs in and gets my husband. And um, so he like basically understands English and responds. I think so too. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I get that. <laughs> so how do you relax after a day of work? What do you like to do for fun? <laughs> or I know you've I got do, a lot yeah. of balls in the air. Uh, yeah. You're juggling so, a lot. So is there time to yeah, relax? Probably I don't not. really, I unfortunately, well, fortunately, unfortunately, whatever. Really my job and like our rehabs and stuff are kind of my creative outlet. So mm -hmm. that's good. So even though it seems like work to other people, doing a project or something like that is very relaxing for me. But actually like when I've had a stressful day or whatever, um, I really like riding my bike. Okay. <laughs> so I will go for a bike ride outside. I try to ride the bike every day, but inside and outside. Um, and like with the weather we had last week was amazing. So <clears throat> I rode my bike almost every day. Good. So that's what takes the, you can't do anything else. That's true. So you're yeah. riding the bike, you just got to ride the bike and you look around <laughs> and look at stuff. You can't answer emails and whatever. So okay. it's very relaxing. All right. <laughs> So you, I know you rehab things, yes. houses and things like that. Yes. What's your project you're working on now? Well, we're working on our uh, personal home for people in Muncie. I don't, I really don't know how to say that. Okay. But anyway, okay. uh, we bought the building where it used to be Docks in Valhalla. And so it's a commercial building on like our main, um, on main, main street. Our, it's on Walnut Street, right. which is like our main commercial historic district. We really wanted to live downtown. We had been living in the old West End in a house, which was fantastic as well. But um, we were looking for something basically with no exterior maintenance. Mm -hmm. And my husband and I both always thought it'd be really cool to have a place like that and live upstairs. Absolutely. And so um, we decided on that kind of like... It's sort of like having a condo because mm -hmm. you don't have to really do anything to the outside, right? Nobody's yard wise or whatever. Yeah. yeah, so you can just come home and you're like inside, and it's it's pretty cool. So we're finishing up that project. We converted the second floor into living space. It was basically just there was some things up there, but we basically just gutted it out. Um, there was no supporting walls or anything. There's just steel beams, so it's basically literally just a rectangle. Mm -hmm. And so then we went back in and built walls and rooms and everything. And so we are I would say 90% complete but if you have ever done projects the it's last 10% is like yeah. <laughs> the worst so we need to do some trim um we have one more bathroom left to do and install light fixtures and stuff like that right now we have like work lights as our lighting yeah so <laughs> hey it gets but whatever. The job done. whatever we can see so <laughs> so we're finishing up that project um and then we have been working on the 500 block of West Adams 
or attempting to work on it for like 12 years. Oh, okay. So it's been very difficult to get control of site control of different properties on that street. So we have two, no, we sorry, we have three. There's one more that we're working on getting and then we're going to hit that pretty hard because okay. we've just been kind of waiting to, it's hard to do projects when you don't know what's going to happen next door. Right. When you own what's next door, then you can do it. Yeah. Then you, then you can <laughs> yeah. decide. Yeah. Excellent. So that's what we're working on. <laughs> nice. I've always thought it would be cool to live downtown. So I think that's great that you're yeah. you're doing that and able to do it. I threaten because our office is in the lofts at Roberts and upstairs is housing for 55 and older residents. So I threaten that when we're over 55, which for Matt is not that far away, <laughs> uh, that we're going to live upstairs and then we could just walk downstairs. Hey, I'm telling you, it's so convenient. <laughs> like I love the, because I have office that I work out of like for our property management and stuff and it's three blocks away and um, my kid's school is three blocks away and like everything we have is within walking distance and like our warehouse for materials is walking distance, everything. I just love being able to walk and we kind of have worked on setting that stuff up and getting it all close to each other. And so it's really fun to be down here and there's always an energy like we're in our house, we can hear people Sometimes it's crazy, but you can hear people in the street and stuff. Oh, yeah. And so it's kind of fun to kind of have that like energy all the time. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah, we like it because, you know, our office looks out. We can see um, Canon Commons. So when they have concerts out there yeah. and all that stuff, we can totally, you know, see it. We can go over there and hang out or just come back over here and hang out. So it's it's really yeah. cool. I like it. Yeah. So how did you get started? Talk me through it. I have always been interested in houses. Uh, my dad was a pastor, so we lived in a parsonage. They didn't own their own home. Uh, we didn't like do house projects because it wasn't our house. It's like kind of like living in a rental. Yeah. Once was a pastor's wife and lived in a parsonage. Okay. So I understand. <laughs> it's not, it's your house, but it's yeah. not your house. And I mean, and it was great. Like, yeah. and thankfully, my dad was at the same place for like 40 years. Oh, okay. So that's cool. It was, yeah. It was a nice house and whatever. But we didn't really do a lot of house projects, but we watched PBS all the time. Mm -hmm. So I grew up watching this old house, a new Yankee workshop. Mm -hmm. And so I always loved old houses. And we were like on the, we're in a suburb of Philadelphia. And um, there was this town next door that my brother and I delivered papers to. And it was like a weekly paper, not like a daily, but like mm -hmm. it was called Town Talk. And so it was like, whatever. You had right. your like your engagement announcements yeah, in their yard sales and whatever. Paper. Yeah, it's 25 cents and <laughs> we would collect. And it was in this neighborhood and it was actually like looking back, I'm like, I don't know why our parents let us do it because it was like kind of a rough area, <laughs> but like there was these beautiful homes and I would always be like, I want to collect from that person. I hope they come to the door so I can like peek who, inside. Who owns this house <laughs> yeah. and what's it look like, like inside? What's it like? And it yeah. was kind of... The same type of neighborhood that you see in a lot of urban areas mm -hmm. where these super beautiful homes, they've kind of run into, you know, some downtime, so they're hard to maintain. And so it was, it was, it was a little bit of a sketchy area, but it's, I particularly remember one house and there was two old ladies that lived there, sisters, and it had trees and like the circle driveway. And I'd always be like, please let them come to the door. I just want to look inside. So I think that that kind of piqued my interest. I always did um, like uh, woodshop in mm -hmm. industrial arts in high school and middle school. And I really enjoyed doing projects. Mm -hmm. And so fast forward, I actually took a real estate class in college but it was more about like real estate investment, like financial, like mm -hmm. returns and things. And I dropped it because I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that guy was thought I was into it like in college. But then I was like, I don't know. I have a business degree. And so when we moved to Muncie, I was a manager at Menards actually. And um, I got uh, 
I was pregnant with my son, and so I was staying home. I thought, oh, we should get some rentals. And I thought it would be really fun. We lived in Cheesebox at the time. I don't know if you're from, let's see, familiar with that, but I'm. Okay. I'm not familiar okay. with that. I'm sure all of our yeah. listeners yeah. probably are. <laughs> so cheese box up by the McDonald's on McGalliard, and there are oh, these okay. tiny little houses, and I thought it would be so cool to have like 10 rentals in here and just like have our house and then have like our rentals and mm-hmm. whatever. And so I was talking to my dad about it one time, and he was like, you should get your real estate license so you can do that. Or And I was just like, eh, I don't know about that. I wasn't as confident of a person at that time, and mm-hmm. I didn't like driving. This is so... I, like. <laughs> say this out loud now I'm like who are you but I was scared to drive to Indy okay because of traffic yeah and they the to get your real estate license the courses were in Indy well okay well then they had one um like the real estate certification program like rented space at Ball State and so you could get it so I was like oh it's at Ball State I guess I'll do do it yeah I can drive there And so I was originally just going to get my license so I could like we could do rentals Mm -hmm. and I could buy them and facilitate that process and so I got my license, and one of my friends was the secretary for Patrick Orr, who owned Eagle at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I got my license, and she was like, you should come work here. And I interviewed with them and started there and started selling. It was a da- it was not a good market at that time, so it was difficult. But um, I sold a house, like, now, again, to say this now, for people that are starting out, they seemed to sell houses pretty quickly. It took me like three <laughs> months, but I was like pretty happy about that. Oh, yeah. And so I really enjoyed it. And I thought this is, we had some rentals at the time and I was like, it's kind of adult babysitting. I'm not sure that I love this, uh-huh. but I really liked working with people and helping solve the problems involved with buying and selling and things. And so I just started focusing on that. And so here we are. Excellent. <laughs> I, I like that. That's awesome. What professional organizations are you a part of? I... Am on the advisory council for Pathstone. Okay. Um, I'm a member of First Muncie, which is a philanthropic networking group that meets weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about our businesses, um, share referrals, and then also um, we have uh, different nonprofits come in every month and speak to our group, and then we donate to them. Okay. My husband and I, our family, we go to the JAR, so we're involved there. And I've cut back a little bit on my, like, Board type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I am the president of the Old West End Economic Redevelopment Corporation, which sounds really fancy, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a default position. That's okay. <laughs> um, but those are the things that we, a couple years ago, we tried to like kind of make me stop doing a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and focus on what are the things that are important to us, which Old West End is our favorite neighborhood. So that's important. Mm-hmm. Pastone is extremely important to me because they help with affordable housing. And then our church is important to us um, just because our kids are getting older. And I want to make sure that I'm there to yeah. spend time with them. Yeah, they're only around for so long. <laughs> and yeah, and so. I have a couple more years and then I'll probably be doing some more things. But that's Absolutely. all I'm doing right now. <laughs> well, Matt and I say you could volunteer or find a networking group or to be on a board like every single day of the week. Yeah. Like, so you really have to be strategic and yeah. like think about what makes you happy, what's important to you and your core values and align your life with that. Cause yeah, eventually your kids are going to be gone and you'll have plenty of time to volunteer for everybody in the world. If that's what you want to do. Yeah. Perfect. What's something you wish you had known when you were first starting out either professionally or just personally? Well, there's so much personally. (laughs) (laughs) I still don't even know, but um, (laughs) professionally I really wish that I would have, I, I knew this was a business and I took it very seriously, but as far as like actual like business practices, I 
did not do good with accounting. And if my accountant hears this, he'd be like, you still don't do good with accounting. <laughs> I'm terrible at accounting stuff. And really, like, honestly, last year, so I've been in business for, like, 17 years. Mm-hmm. Last year was the first year that I was like, all right. <laughs> we did, like, we actually did bookkeeping for, like, a full year. Mm-hmm. Um, I hired one of my assistants, helped me with that, and she's been working for me for two years to, like, get everything organized and so after having someone do that for two years, then finally I'm in place. But I'd been working on getting stuff in order, I mean, for like 10 years. Yeah. Because once you're in business and, and you're going, like it's very difficult to find the time to oh, yeah. fix the stuff that you, the systems you should have had in place and whatever. And so I think that that's definitely something. Uh, they always, When you start a business, people are always like, treat it like a business. But like, I feel like when you're starting a business, you don't understand what that means. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm just trying to make this yeah. thing go I'm and like, like, maybe yeah. make some money. Treat it like a business. Like, this is my whole life. So what else can I do? <laughs> but like getting the accountant, the attorney, the insurance, like having all those things in place and relying on those people to give you good advice and do what they say is, I think, good. Yeah. I was just talking to a group of uh, college students last night in an entrepreneurship class. And I was like, I don't have to know all the answers. Right. I have to know all the answers about like marketing and things like that right. and like what I do for my business. But like... I need to know the people who know the answers. So right. I trust my accountant and my attorney and right. my finance financial advisor and my business advisor and all that kind of stuff. They they can give me the advice when yeah. I don't know what I don't know what to do. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me personally, like if I would go back, is I would have got an accountant day one oh, to yeah. tell me what to do because I just didn't even. You don't I, know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I literally did, did not know what I did not know. Yeah, and I didn't know that I didn't know it. <laughs> Exactly. And spending money for that is, is yeah. I think, I mean, when you first start, it's starting not even out, expensive. It's not that expensive. You'll have so much more peace of mind yeah. and you're not scared that you're not paying your taxes right. and all that good stuff. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I get it. I understand. Have you run into any discrimination because you're a woman in the business? I will say that generally I do not have issues. Mm-hmm. Um, in real estate sales, um, most of my like colleagues are extremely respectful. Um, I think that I've been really blessed with that. I'm sure in the past that it was more difficult, Mm -hmm. but I think that people in general are respectful. I have had some issues just with some male brokers sometimes, um, and it's very few and far between that just, I had a guy one time just like yell at me. My assistant was in the room and it was on speakerphone. She's like, what is happening? And I'm like, (laughs) I don't really know what's happening. Just super rude. I was like, went to my broker. I was like, you need to call. He called the guy and he was super nice to him. Of course. And, yeah. I mean, and so like just stuff like that really frustrates me. But in general, as far as like colleagues, I don't have issues. I hate that it has to be like this, but I think once people know you and respect you, you have less issues. Mm-hmm. I occasionally client wise, particularly dads, mm-hmm. um, and I'm getting old now, but when I started, I was like a lot younger. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I was obviously always like questioned kind of on, on what I knew and not necessarily discrimination, but just right. do you really how know can your you, stuff? yeah, do you yeah. really know what you're talking about? And I have figured out ways to combat that because it, the bottom line is the, typically the parents, not my client, the client's my client, they mm-hmm. trust me and we can discuss this later, but dads always know the most about houses. Oh, of course. All of everything. Yeah, everything. <laughs> and really like 10% of them? No. But um, in the, as far as like the rehab side, because I handle, I'm basically the GC, the general contractor for our projects. I have had more issues with that. Mm-hmm. But again, I've kind of like formed a team of people that are respectful. 
know that I mean I don't know what I'm talking about 100% of the time but neither do they right because no one knows we're all faking it at some point exactly so I like working with people that I can ask a question and they can answer it and not act like I'm stupid yeah because I'll give them the same respect if they have a question for me Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be like you're stupid yeah like we don't no one knows everything so but in general like I said I've come I've put together a team of like subs and stuff that work really well together and that they're respectful of me and I don't feel like I ask ask for a ton I just I'm always like if there's a question please ask me I like what a lot of the subs will like to do is I have one guy that works for us um, he's a carpenter, but does everything. Mm-hmm. And so he's a lot of time on the job site doing a lot of things. So they think that he's in charge. <laughs> and so he is not getting paid to make those decisions. And I don't want to put him in that in position, that position right. to make that decision. Because, I mean, he knows what I like and, you know, how I like generally like things done. That's not his job. Right. And so I'll be like, now he you don't need to talk. Like, if you have a question, I'm like literally three minutes away. All of our renovations are in the old West end. So like, I'm always right. I'm 10 around. minutes away yeah. or less. <laughs> you could text me. You could call me. They'll still be like, uh, what are we doing with this? So we're leaving and telling my, uh, his name's Jim telling Jim these things. And I'm like, okay, I need you to tell me. <laughs> I am the boss. <laughs> because guess what? When you come, I mean, Jim could write you a check for his project, but this is my project. Exactly. <laughs> I'm writing you the check. <laughs> then so, come talk to me, Come please. talk to me, please. <laughs> but I think and once you work through that, it generally turns out fine and whatever. But overall, I think I've been pretty blessed or lucky or whatever you want to call it to have people that are generally respectful. Good. Um, so, yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's good to hear. Yeah. I like, I like hearing that. <laughs> so what is your favorite band or artist? I like all kinds of music. This was really difficult for me to think mm-hmm. about. I think one of my like all-time favorites is Lauren Daigle. Okay. I really like her. I also like random stuff. I really like Shania Twain. Uh, which I don't like, know. If that, I mean, who like, doesn't that's like Shania random. Twain? Yeah. <laughs> so it just depends on the mood that I'm okay, in. Okay, all right. I really like a lot of Latin music. So just, I don't know. Just a little bit of yeah, everything. Everything. Awesome. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> Are you an early bird or a night owl? I'm definitely an early bird. Okay. I figured um, you're in that first yeah. Muncie group. They, yeah. they meet early, we right? We meet at seven. Oh, that's too early um, for me. No, thank you. <laughs> I function much better in the morning. I don't really know why. Right. Some um, people are just built that yeah. way, and that's great. More power to you. I feel like you guys probably get more done than us afternoon folks. So, yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get more done in the morning before I'm even, like, had my coffee. Well, that's what I like. I just, like, open. I could just get stuff done. No one talks to me. It's 10 o'clock. Everybody else is just starting. Yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> Excellent. Have you ever met anyone famous? Well, we went to the TV show Salvage Dogs. Okay. And they do, they deconstruct homes. So they have like a big place in Virginia that's like a store. Oh, okay. Um, and so we went in there and one of the girls from the show was in there because it's like her job because it's the <laughs> show. So Grayson, we met her, we took our pictures with her, but not really big into famous people so well that's famous especially (laughs) in your world that's pretty big (laughs) for us yeah Yeah. it was like a really big deal we bought stuff there kept it because we (laughs) bought it there like like um architectural salvage pieces so nice yeah cool what's your favorite movie Ocean's Eleven. That's a good one. Yeah I don't know that anybody said that on this show yet so good I like that's a good one yeah I love the like story within the story and like how it's kind of crazy and has a twist and I'm not a big movie person and so uh, I watch, I prefer to watch the same movies multiple times because okay. I know what's going to happen and it's not stressful. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> See, so I've I watched it like 10 times. Hey, that's good. 
<laughs> I watch a movie and then promptly forget everything about it. And then I'm like, hey, Matt, let's watch this movie. And he's like, we have seen that movie three times. I'm like, no, we have not. Absolutely not. He's like, I promise you we have. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I, I have movie amnesia. I don't remember anything. What's your hidden talent? Something you're good at that people might not know. Especially living downtown um, and my kids wanted me to like play a game with them. So I'm like really good at Pokemon. Okay, <laughs> excellent. So we walk our dogs and catch all the Pokemon and like whatever. Okay. Um, so yeah. Excellent. My kids tried to get me into Pokemon and I'm like, I don't understand. I don't, yeah. I don't get it. So that, that you do and yeah. you play it. Excellent. I think that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> Tell me something that's on your bucket list. Well, one thing on my bucket list is my f- fifth grade class, well, all the fifth grade classes in our school went to uh, Williamsburg. Okay. It's like a, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's like a colonial mm-hmm. settlement, like kind of like Connor Prairie, except I wouldn't know because I wasn't allowed to go. <laughs> so, but I picture it's like Connor Prairie, but on yeah, steroids. I bet. And yeah. so I really want to go to Williamsburg because for whatever reason, my brothers were allowed to go and I wasn't allowed to go. I don't know if I was bad or whatever. <laughs> But when I was in fifth grade, I was not allowed to go. And I'm always like, we need to go to Williamsburg. Um, But uh, I think also we want to do, like, my husband really wants to go to the Barrier Reef. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's, like, disappearing or something. I don't know. I'm not super into those things, but he is. And so I would really like to do that because that's what he wants to do. Oh, fun. Hey, let's go. Sometimes we just got to go along with the the spouses. Yeah, because we always do what I want to do. I'm like, I don't have that many things I still want to do, but. Yeah. So we'll go along with his. That's all good. Perfect. What gets you truly excited about life? I really like in my real estate sales, I really like being able to help people solve a problem. A lot of times I can figure things out that because I have a lot of experience Mm -hmm. um, that maybe and, and I have like I don't quit. (laughs) <laughs> I don't quit, period. But like when there is an issue, I always feel like if you have a buyer that wants to buy and a seller that wants to sell, we're going to get this done. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if like the buyer loses their job or something and they have no income, you can't do anything about that. But right. like when we have a lender issue or something like I 99% of the time will work those things out because, again, if somebody wants to buy a house and somebody wants to sell a house – that should happen because this person needs a place to live and this person needs to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I just had a situation a couple of weeks ago where my buyer was using, I, I'm, I'm really big on local people just because of relationships mm-hmm. and like Muncie is its own world. And that also pertains to real estate. And so like when you're using out of town people, sometimes it goes, okay. Sometimes they don't understand like what we're doing mm-hmm. here. And so she, they were moving here um, from somewhere else Great couple, super, I think they're going to be a major asset to the community. Um, They had an out-of-town lender. Again, not a huge deal, but like sometimes when you don't fit into this little box, it's difficult. So the buyer was an excellent buyer. They were trying to buy a house in the Old West End, which I was like excited about because we're always trying to get, you know, really good people to live there because we're working on the neighborhood. And um, the house was a perfect fit for them. Like everything about this was perfect. And the appraisal was done. And we were told it was fine. And then like a week later, we were told it's not fine. And all these repairs have to be done to the house. But they weren't really very specific about it. The lender wasn't very, like, he didn't seem like he knew what he was doing. He's like, you need to call the appraiser. So I called the appraiser. 
the appraiser basically like yelled at me. <laughs> this house was in original condition. Right. As far as a bungalow with like very large overhangs. It's got like a drip line. So there's mm-hmm. no gutters. Right. But the overhang is so long, it sheds the water away from the house. Right. So it's, it's up good. on a hill. It's in a base. It has a basement. The basement's dry. The appraiser says to me, that house needs gutters, which the way it's built, like you can't actually you install gutters. gutters. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so that house needs gutters or it's going to disintegrate. Although I was shocked that the basement was dry. And I just like <laughs> kind of let him talk. And I was like, well, the house has been like that for 120 years. So I don't think it's disintegrating. I mean, it had original windows. Like, yeah, there was some peeling paint and stuff, but it wasn't anything bad. Right. It's, a, it's and not so like falling apart. I'm Come like, on. and he's like, well, I didn't even say this needed to be done. You need to talk to the underwriter and whatever and I'm just like okay so I call the lender back the lender never calls me back my which red flag always yeah. um mm-hmm. my buyer is they're in a lease they had given their notice because we were told everything was fine and we were closing right. the so next they, week right so they need a place and to go and their has already <laughs> rented their place and they have dogs oh great and so you can't find a place to live yeah so we were literally like 10 days they we, we were a week out from closing 10 days from when they had to be out of their apartment or wherever their townhouse and um so I'm like okay I know these are good buyers. I like, I know they have good credit. They have good, all these things. They're quick to answer. They will get documentation. So I call a lender locally and I'm like, okay, I have these people. This is the situation. I really don't think there's anything wrong with this house. The loan type that they were doing was conventional. So it should, peeling paint shouldn't have mattered. And so can we get this done? Like I need to close in a week. <laughs> He's like, uh, okay. I was we'll like, see. okay. <laughs> So we switched them. The appraisal was done the next day and we closed the day before they had to be out of their house. Oh, well, good. And like 99% of people would have just been like, because my buyer was like, I have to find something. We can't even do this. How are we going to do this in a week? I mean, they don't know. Right. And I'm like, well, it's possible. Difficult, but possible. Right. Let me call some people I know. uh, yeah. Yeah. And so I just refuse to give up. And that's the type of thing. It's not the most expensive house. It's not, you know, whatever. Right. Uh, But I love helping people like that because I feel like potentially without as much experience or without knowing, you know, a lender partner that's going to be able to do those things that wouldn't have closed. And these people literally would have been like, they don't have family here. Like, right. what are they going to do where, with where are they two dogs in yeah. five days notice? <laughs> yeah. So I love doing things like that. Oh, that's awesome. And that's um, what's, I think, good about our community, the Muncie community yeah. in Delaware County in general. Like, you know somebody who can get it done or, you know, you can call somebody and they can refer you to somebody else. And, like, we just, I feel like we all have each other's backs. Even, yeah. Even if we're in the same business or competitors or whatever. Yeah. Like, we all we all play nice together and can get stuff done. So yeah. I like that. What does success mean to you? So for me, success, it's not making the most money or necessarily being the best by certain statistics or whatever. It's for me every day getting up, knowing that I'm doing the best job possible that I can do that day, helping my kids navigate life, hopefully successfully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's our hope. And, <laughs> and being able to find a good balance, like work-life balance is which I sometimes have and sometimes don't, mm-hmm. would be, I, I think that that's what success is for me. Just doing, I don't like, it doesn't even matter if anybody else knows, I don't like doing stuff halfway. Mm-hmm. I get it. <laughs> so if I can just, if I just get up every day and can do my best, to me that's successful. Because I can't control, especially in sales or even doing rehabs, you can't always necessarily control the outcome of some things. Mm-hmm. But I can control what I do. And I can say, these are the things I'm doing today, and I can do those things. 
Perfect. And then, yay. Yay. You've crossed them off yeah. the list. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us here today. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. No thank problem. you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for stopping really by the fun. You have a beautiful office. Well, thank you. <laughs> bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>Let's talk about our socks and shoes. Socks and shoes. totally out of stuff to talk about. We're not totally out of stuff to talk about because Matt shoots down all of my ideas. And I've been too tired this week to think about any more. Well, yes. So, socks and shoes. Let's start with socks. We all have our tendencies that when you live with someone else, then tend to drive someone else bonkers. And you know what drives me bonkers? You go to your side of the bed and lined along the wall... Or many pairs of socks just thrown about. Mostly, on your mostly socks. flung about. Yes. So I, <laughs> I don't like to sleep. I don't like to go to sleep with cold feet. Right. So you have your socks on. So I have my socks on, but I don't like to sleep with socks on. So there's a problem. So at what point during the night do you take off your socks because Usu- your feet are now too warm? Usually it's like I get in bed, I mess around on my phone, I do whatever, and then I, you know, I get my. Yes, I'm you asked. know that's a horrible habit, Yes, right? I know, I know, I know. Especially for the person that has to sleep next to you. Yes, I know. sees the light. Guess what? Even Guess when what? their eyes are closed. Guess what? What, what? Close your eyes. You can't see. If <laughs> you your eyes are closed, see. if your eyes are closed, you can't oh see. If your eyes are closed, you cannot and, see. And then you hear this <laughs> on no, your phone. Now I just try to like scroll lightly, but my nails are too long. So sometimes you do hear tapping, but okay. But anyway, back to the back socks. Back to socks. So I get in bed. I mess around on my phone. I do whatever. Then usually by that time, it's like time for like sleepy time. And then I take my socks off. But I don't want to like get up and throw them in the hamper. So I just like (laughs) take one foot and then I take my sock off and then I kind of fling it on the side of the bed. Then I take the other sock off and then I fling it over the bed. Now, in the morning, you don't get up and take those flinged socks (laughs) over to the hamper. No, no, no. No. Not you. No, they kind of just stay there until it's time to do do laundry. And then I pick all of mine up and I put them in the hamper. Now, when you do laundry, you do not pick up my socks on the side of the bed. And so they just stay there until I pick them up. Which, you're doing laundry, so I'm not going to (laughs) complain that you're not picking up my socks, my dirty socks, off the side of the bed. But you have no socks right now, so. I have socks because. (laughs) No clean socks. Oh, that's true. There's always socks next to the bed, though. All right, let's talk about my shoes. So I have two pairs of shoes. Matt Howell has two pairs of shoes. And they are dressy (laughs) shoes and uh, tennis tennis shoes. shoes. But they're both so black black like Skechers, right? Now you're... you're Now I just got these these shoes. Now I have been a traditionalist with my Skechers. I either get the Tomcat or the Alley Cat. But this time I got some... What? Uh, you ventured out? Other Skechers. They're amazing. Okay. They, I can go all day in those shoes, and they don't hurt or anything like that. Whereas so these is... the Alicats and the Tomcats, by the end of the day, I was like what? ready to throw them out the window. Are these like pussycats or something? No, that's what they're called. The, the... Yes, I know. I'm just saying, what's the new name of the new shoes or whatever? I don't know, <laughs> but they're nothing to do with a cat. Okay. All right. Anyway, so yes. So these are your work shoes slash DJ shoes slash whatever. Yes. So they have shoes. to be comfortable. And all last year while I'm DJing, I'm, my, my feet were just killing me by the end of okay. it. Okay. Comfortable you know, shoes I, is important. I do a little dancing behind the You do DJ not do book. dancing, but you do a lot I of move standing around. and moving around and yes. lugging equipment back and forth. So I get that. So... Comfortable shoes are important. Yes, but only two pair at a time. Uh, yeah, you wear that one until <laughs> it, they die and you get a new pair. Now, your 
casual shoes, your yes. tennis shoes, are also Skechers. They are also... No, no, no. No, no these no, are Skechers? These are Reeboks, I think. Okay, fine. Uh, yeah. Okay, it's either these Reeboks, Reeboks or Nikes okay. for the tennis shoes. But they're always black, and they have a little yes. white stripe around the bottom of them. And didn't you just recently get a pair that was like had a different color? Like, it had a black stripe, and you were like, no, this shall not stand. Well, it was, was it was actually this pair that I have on that has the, the white bottoms on Yeah. Them. Okay. Now, before that, for the past three years, I've gotten the same... Exact brand of shoe. Yeah, yes. so I went with the Nike 7s, that went to the Nike 8s, Nike 9s. Now they don't even make those Nike 9s anymore, or they're way too expensive. So I got these Reeboks thinking okay. uh, I could use a little change, and boom, look at that. And as soon as you wore them, even our 19-year-old, who is not the most observant, he's like, whoa, Dad, you got new shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. He's like, huh, they actually look kind of cool, and not like your regular old dad shoes, so... You've stepped up your shoe game. Now, me, on the other hand, I have more than one pair of shoes. See, the reason I have two pairs of shoes is because we can fit no more shoes in the bedroom where all your well, yeah. shoes are. Not only Because my bedroom doesn't have, have a closet. <laughs> a bunch. You have to take them out and t- and put the summertime in. I do. And put the winter ones away yeah. and then swap them we out. Don't have, like, we live in a small far- or a farmhouse with no closets. There's no room for shoes. What, what was that lady's <laughs> name over in uh, Manila? She had a bunch of shoes. Marco's wife. Who? You remember that back in the back in the nineties? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, anyway, <laughs> it was such a big deal because she had hundreds of thousands of pairs of shoes. Okay, I don't have that many pairs of shoes, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't have that many pairs of shoes, but I do envy like these real housewives who have like shoe closets and everything. I would just settle for like a closet that also could fit my shoes, but that's okay. You know, if you had a shoe closet, there'd be a bunch of socks on the floor. Well, yeah, that's true. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or you can find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Today's episode was brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Check them out at schaeferleadership.com. Have a great rest of your day and don't forget to tune in next week to find out who has Gone Gone Boss. Boss. Yes.